what I feel led to, to teach on tonight is on uh, patience versus passive. Patient versus passive. And um, mostly because, um, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, general, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And the number one probably area that I think my personality deals with is patience. How many strong, choleric people do we have in this room? That's usually <laughs> the patience one, the button. In fact, I used to, Braden, when he was little, he would get upset and get frustrated. And I say, push your patience button. And he thought a mole was his patience button that he had on his belly. So he'd push that patience button. So, I know, I know, right? If only it was that easy. But I, how many know that there's a difference between patient, being patient and being passive? And I want to just address this just a little bit, and I'm hoping I get through all my notes because I have a lot. Who would have thunk? But let me begin here in Psalm 37, 7, and it says, first of all, let me ask you, do you guys know what it says in Ephesians? I think it's 6. I can't remember what verse it is. It says, be strong in the and in the power of his might. But it says, be strong in the, not be strong in your mind, not be strong in your knowing or your understanding or your anything else, your physical, all those, those things are important. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. And that just kind of stuck out to me when I was reading it today. And I thought, you know, a lot of times we think if we have just a strong mind that we can make it. And, and I'm not knocking being in intellectual. It's, it's a good thing. But we need to be strong in the Lord. And how do we become strong in the Lord? By being in his presence. Amen. By getting into the word. Um, what we did tonight, in, it increases our strength in him. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so that's another way. But I believe when we're strong in the Lord, there's evidence, there's fruit in our life, right? The fruit of the Spirit is evident in our life. And we're just going to talk about one tonight. I'm not going to talk about any other, but just patience. So let's look at Psalm 37, 7. It says, rest in the Lord and wait. How do we wait? Patiently for him. We wait patiently. We're going to skip through these pretty quickly. Psalm 41, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. I'm just going to stop right there. These are, there's a whole bunch of verses on being patient, waiting on the Lord patiently. But I want to get to something here. James 1, uh, I, I skipped 1, uh, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. How many have ever fallen into temptation? Yes, we all have. And it's because the enemy sets traps and we fall into things. And God does not tempt us. Um, but the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And there are temptations and there are tests and trials that come our way. And so what that does is a way of purging some of the flesh off of us so that it perfects who we are in the spirit so that we are more mindful of how to walk, how to run our race. Amen? So we can take advantage of these temptations, if you will, uh, by... Finding our place in the spirit and allowing that, that spirit to be the compass, the Holy Spirit on the inside to be the compass to help us through the temptation, through the trial, through the tribulation, right? We don't, we're not left there by ourselves, right? We have an inward voice. We have the Holy Spirit, the greater one, the glory of God living on the inside of us. 
And we are not, I like what Jesus said. He says, better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come and he can be your comforter. He can be your helper. He can be your strengthener. He can be your guide. And I think sometimes we don't have a, a realization that we have God living on the inside. <laughs> and when we are going through something, we feel so, you know, the tears come and we emotions start to rise and we just feel so, you know, just out there like, you know, we want to sing that song, Feelings. Nothing more than feelings, trying to forget. You know, that, that whole feeling of being led by that. When we, and the Holy Spirit's like, hello, I'm here on the inside in your heart, ready to guide you out of this pit. And we are so enveloped in all this other stuff that keeps us from hearing and listening and letting him guide us out of that place, that pit of destruction. Amen. And we stay in those places a lot longer than we were meant to. <laughs> Not that we were ever meant to, but it, un, it's unnecessarily so, right? So it, it's like kind of like a kid when you're trying to discipline them for something they've done. And sometimes they stay in that place longer because all they're doing is, oh, my goodness, just, yeah, they're marinating in their feelings. It's like, ah, just, you know, oh, my goodness. And I'm not a very compassionate person, naturally speaking, I, uh, that it's that lack of patience thing. If somebody starts whining about something, I'm like, what are you doing? Stop it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pull yourself up. I'm not one of those moms. That, well, I did a little bit, I guess, when I was younger. But I think the older I've gotten, I've gotten a little less uh, compassionate. Anyways, won't go there. The Lord's working me, working on me in that, too. <laughs> so I'm talking about patience, having patience, ha letting patience have a perfect perfect work. So in my study Bible, this is the Spirit-Filled Life. This is the definition for patience. It says it's not a passive resignation to adverse circumstances. A lot of times we think patience is just, well, I'll just sit in the back seat and wait till everything turns out okay. I don't have to do anything. I'm just being patient. I push my patient button and I don't have to do anything else. Well, I have some really good news for y'all, and I know Emma's already heard me teach on this before. There's some really good stuff, some good meaning behind the word patience, and we're going to talk about it. And it'll give you an excitement when you're in a mode of patience because it's critical that you have patience when you're going through something because the word says patience has her perfect work, and I'm getting ahead of myself. There's a work that's being done. Okay, so the study Bible says, not a passive resignation to adverse circumstances, but a positive steadfastness that bravely endures. So um, I think I gave the King James Version. Let me look at the, uh, let me look at the uh, amplified version on this, James 4. Okay, let's see. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped or in or encounter trials of any sort or or fall into various temptations. How many have ever felt like you've been enveloped? Maybe you are right now. You're enveloped into, into, in some trials. Be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith bring out endurance, steadfastness, and patience. Now, we could go into a whole word study in all three of those words. We're only going to talk about patience. I'm going to talk a little bit about steadfastness. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work. So there's a work that's taking place that is necessary so that, so that means, so that <laughs> you may 
be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing, lacking in nothing. So if I am allowing patience to have a perfect work, if I, if I pull myself out and, and get frustrated and not allow patience and get frustrated in the midst of everything, patience is not really able to have her perfect work. Maybe there's just a semi-perfect work going on, just a halfway perfect work. Then could it be, because the rest of this verse says that I will be fully developed, lacking in nothing, no defects. So could it be then that if I don't allow, I don't allow patience to have her perfect work, then could it be that there could be some defects? There could be some things missing in me. There could be some things that I know God's moving in me. I know the Holy Spirit's my helper. I know I, I, I'm, I'm perfect in him, but there is a work that's being done. The word says to work out your salvation. There's a transformation that's taking place in your mind, and there's some things that need to be rearranged. What became brand new when you became born again was your spirit, and everything else is a process, right? So, And we're living in this fallen world, so we're dealing with fallenness, so could it be that if I'm not allowing patience to have a perfect work, then maybe there's some things in me that are lacking, and I'm not fully developed in some areas. And so could it be that maybe I might have to go around this mountain again if I don't get it right the first time, or the second time, or the third time? And I'm just going to say, join the club. <laughs> You're not the only one. This is, this is a, a, a process. And But what happens, though, is... When you know the truth and the truth sets you free, it helps you to get on the right track and it helps you to recognize it when you're there. Oh, that's what this is. This is patience having her perfect work. I think I'll fall in and let her do it, right? I think I'll just give it up. I'll give up my will and let patience have her perfect work. How do we do that? Okay, let me read this to you really quick because you're going to like this so much. How many know who Rick Renner is? I love Rick Renner's stuff. He kind of blows my mind. I have to listen to him in small increments because, you know, if you sit and listen to him very long, it's like, huh, <laughs> all the Greek terms and all the, you know, he came to our church up in, in Ohio, and we had the privilege to sit with him one night, and it, well, it was the night right before the Oklahoma City uh, bombing. It was right before that. We were sitting there, and, and we were talking about some things, and he was even saying, there's some things getting ready to happen, and I felt it in my spirit, and, and then that night was, or I think it was that night or the next night, that bombing occurred, but anyway, so this is Rick Renner's uh, definition for the word patience. You might want to write some of this down. This is good stuff. Patience is the Greek word hupomino, a compound of the words hupo and mino. The word hupo means under, as to be underneath something. The word mino means to stay or to abide under. So it's necessary to stay and abide under something. You could say that the word mino means to remain in one spot, to keep a position, to resolve to maintain some territory that has been gained. Did you hear that? Territory that has been gained. I like gained territory, spiritually speaking, because that means I don't have to do it again. I've already gained this territory. I'm not going back here again. It is the state of mind that says, this is my spot, and I'm not moving. This is my spot with patience. I might be under something, but even though I'm under something, I've gained some territory, spiritually speaking. And so I'm not going to go back by whining and carrying on and crabbing and complaining. 
I'm going to stay in that place and remain happy. Oh, you guys are going to like this. Okay, so the determination inherent within the word hupomino is clearly seen when it was used in a military sense to picture soldiers who were ordered to maintain their positions even in the face of fierce combat. So even though you might be in the middle of some fierce combat, you remain in your spot. It's gained territory. Isn't this good? Their order was to stand their ground and defend what they had been gained. Had, had been gained. To keep that ground, they had to be courageous to do whatever was required, no matter how hard or difficult the assignment. Their goal was to see that they survived every attack and held their position until they outlived and outlasted the resistance. Isn't that good? How many, how do you know if you've outlived and, and, and what, is, what was it, outlasted the resistance? If you're still happy, if there's still joy, if you're still saying the right, if you're still speaking the word, you're not deflated, you're not overcome by it, you're still remaining steadfast in that place of faith. These soldiers had to indefinitely and defiantly stick it out until the enemy realized they couldn't be beaten and decided to retreat and go somewhere else, elsewhere. Thus, the word hupomino conveys the idea of being steadfast, consistent, unwavering, and unflinching. It is the attitude that declares, I don't care how heavy the load gets or how much pressure I'm under. I'm not budging one inch. This is my spot, and I'm telling you right now that there isn't enough pressure in the whole world to make me move or give it up. Isn't that good? Because it's gained territory. Amen. Although the King James Version translates this word patience, a more accurate rendering would be endurance. Endurance. More accurate word would be endurance. How many have endurance? How many have ever ran on the treadmill? <laughs> How many have endurance for the treadmill? <laughs> the other day I went, I hadn't been in a while, and I did 30 minutes on the treadmill. I was really proud. And then I went and got on my the bike thing, and I thought, okay, I'm going to go 30 minutes. And you know what I did? I got on my phone, and I started listening to a, a teaching. My mind was somewhere else. It was set on something else. I looked down. I, I saw the mileage said, I don't know, six or seven miles. I thought, oh, I'll go to 10. Then I looked down, and my, my amount of time was at like 55. I thought, well, I'm at 10, and I'm at 55. I know that's not very fast, but for me that day it was good. And, and I thought, well, I'll just go to one hour. I just kept pushing myself. But you know what I did? I set my mind on something else. And it was not hard. See, that's the key here. When you're going through something, you set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. The word says in Isaiah that he will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because why? Because we trust him. When we start looking at other things, it means that we're taking the trust in our hands because we don't trust God. We are in control. We're going to make this happen. So it's important that we trust him and we set our mind and we leave it there. We leave it there. We cast our care and leave it there. I'm going to cast my care and leave it there. Can you say that? <laughs> Amen. So a more accurate rendering would be endurance. One scholar calls it staying power, whereas another contemporary translator calls it hang in there power. <laughs> hang in there power. I don't know if I like that one. I like endurance better. Both of these translations adequately express the right idea about hupomino. This is an attitude that never gives up. It holds out, holds on, outlasts, and perseveres. This is just like Revelations 1-9.
It's, it's, it uses the word hupomeno when it, it refers to the patience of Jesus Christ. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 5, this word is also used in the phrase, the patient waiting for Christ, which is what we're doing right now, which could be translated the patience of Jesus Christ, that attitude that hangs in there, never giving up, refusing to surrender to obstacles, and turning down every opportunity to quit. This word illustrates the patient endurance Jesus demonstrated during his trial, his scourging, and crucifixion. Even though the assignment was the most difficult task ever given to anyone, Jesus stayed with it all the way to the end. You know, I thought about this when I was reading that. I thought, never thought about it before, but Jesus, you know, it was three days. Why three days? Couldn't he have just done it in one? Like, Father, I've been in hell for long enough. Get me out of here. You know what I'm saying? Why did it have to be three days? And I'm sure there's some specifics. We won't go into that right now. But I'm just saying, though, it's like he had to endure. There was endurance in what he went through. He was separated from his father. There was endurance to the end, the scourging, everything he went through. There was patient endurance. There was a reason for it. He was gaining territory. He was gaining territory spiritually. The word steadfast means resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. So that's who we are. We don't waver. We don't, if we waver, we have a double mind. And the word says the double minded man is unstable in all of his ways. We have to stay focused. We stay, we stay on the straight and narrow. We keep our focus on what we're doing, what we're called to do, what God has for us right now, and what, what the gain territory is, and we're getting to the other side of this. Amen? So we don't have to do it again. So there's two kinds of people. That's not the only reason why, but two kinds of people. There's purposeful people, and there's passive people. How many know both? I know both. The Holy Spirit is our inward compass, and he, he helps us. He gives us the direction while the work is taking place because of the active fruit of patience. Do you realize that patience is, act, there's actually power in patience if we allow it to have its work, its perfect work in us. There is a power that's working. The Holy Spirit is activated in us through patience because it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's not just a thing. It's not just a thing we talk about. It's not just, it's, it's, it's an actual power of the Spirit that's doing her perfect work, working something out of us and working something in and through us for a purpose and a plan that God has for us. So each fruit, have you ever noticed fruit? You all know I ate a bunch of fruit today. How many have fruit today? How many notice that each piece of fruit has a distinctive smell? And a distinctive flavor. Right now, I think it's peach season, right? Um, if I were to, somebody was telling, oh, Dee was telling me, she, a friend of mine, she, she likes to get Georgia peaches delivered to her house. They live in Texas. And she's from Georgia, so she likes those Georgia peaches. I think, no, she's not from Georgia. He's from Georgia. Patrick's from Georgia. So they get them delivered to their house, and they boil them. She's told me this way to, to do it. You boil them first, and then you throw them in ice, and then the the skin comes right off, the peel comes right off, and then she cuts them up and she um, freezes them for later. And I was thinking about that whole process and how, you know, her whole house probably smelled like peaches when she's doing it, right? My husband's favorite, one of his favorite pies is cherry. I make cherry anytime we do anything. Cherry pie. My house smells like cherry pie when I make cherry pie, right? There is evidence of the fruit when you are cooking it, when you are partaking of it. There should be evidence of the fruit in our life, patience, 
if we are allowing it to have its work, if we are partaking, if we are allowing it to envelop us instead of everything else, the trials, the temptations, the problems, the issues, those things should not be what is being smelled or seen <laughs> in our lives, right? There should be a flavor of a fragrance that comes from us. And, and, it's, and what it is is it's a witness of God working in us. His spirit is having his way in us. And I like that. Isn't that good? So it's critical that patience is in our lives. There's requirements for patience. Number one, faith in God. You gotta have faith in God to be patient. If you don't have faith in God, I don't, I don't know. That's why the world is the way it is. There's no patience. If you go anywhere, man, just driving here. Some lady was right behind me and she had a brand new car. I saw her that her tag was new and she was just not patient. She was like zipping around me. I thought, you're going to get a dent on that new car before too long. You're not very patient. You know, just going to the store. Anywhere you go, you can tell there's, there's a lack of that fruit everywhere right now. Uh, number two, obedient spirit to follow him. We have to have an obedience. We have to be able to hear him, but we've got to be obedient to follow after what, what he wants for us to do. So that way, patience is working in us. Number three, discernment of God's timing. Sometimes we don't understand some things. Well, most of the time we don't understand. But if we have discernment in the spirit, God will show us some things. And it'll help us get through times. You know, it'll help us to get through seasons. You can know what the season is by what is going on around you. I've talked about this before. You sit outside, you know what season you're in. And you got to change your clothes according to the season that you're in, right? And so we're clothed right now with patience because we're maybe walking through some, some difficult times. Um, and you can ask for grace to wait. How many know that gra the grace of God is accessible for us to help us, not to en enable us to do things wrong or to walk in sin, but grace is there to enable us uh, to do what we need to do. It's the operational power of God. Number four, loving God enables patience, and loving God comes with trust. We love him, and, and in loving him, there is a patient waiting on him. How many have had to wait on your spouse ever? Do you do it because you are, <laughs> you're loving them, right? You're <laughs> All right, don't say too much. All right. So do people see you as a patient person? I want to ask you. Do you think people see, <laughs> you don't have to say it. <laughs> it's a rhetorical question. <laughs> people are nodding their heads up and down. No. <laughs> uh -uh. <laughs> I just want you just to kind of think about it. Do people see you as a patient person? And if not, then what do we need to do? I say we, you and your Holy Spirit on the inside of you. What do you need to do and me to enable? And I know I, I'm first one to wave my hand. My husband would probably say yes and amen. I need to work on my patience button, right? It's an area in my life. But you know what? God's working in me. Amen. And I'm so thankful. So when patience is manifesting, there is an aroma that is obvious in your life. There is an obvious flavor of his presence experienced in your life. Patience is a manifestation of his presence because it's a sign of the spirit operating in your life. You know what? A lot of us want to experience the presence of God, right? We want to experience his glory. We want to experience, you know, all these things. And we walk out here going, oh, that was awesome. But you know what? You can experience the presence of God in somebody's life just by somebody operating in the fruit of the Spirit. Somebody being patient with you and kind when, you, when you're, you know. I, I lacked in it today. Kat came over to get 
Braden uh, take him somewhere, and he, he, I told him, get your swimming suit, and that, that's why that was happening, because <laughs> I was going to teach all this, and he, he's like, I can't find any. I bought him two recently. I'm like, you have two new suits, and the boy keeps growing. I'm telling you, every month I'm having to buy clothes. He is, yes, and so I said, I just bought you two new pairs. Go find them. I don't know where they are. I don't know where they are. And that was like the third time he had come up and down the stairs. And he came back down, and I said, just go find a pair of shorts. Just get some shorts at this point. Comes down. I can't find any shorts. <laughs> you have a plethora of shorts. And so then he comes down the stairs with pants right when you came to the door. That's why I was mad. I was like, no, you can't go swimming in pants. <laughs> so... There I go. There's my patience. I, you know, I failed, but God is working in me. Praise the Lord. So anything that God tells you to do, he gives you the ability to do it, right? We're not left on our own. So passivity is one of the greatest deceptions of the enemy. What passivity does is it waits till it feels like it. It waits till it wants to. And I think it's really important. This is an area I think... In the body of Christ, we have to be careful that we're, I, I don't think so much here, but um, the other church down the road, <laughs> um, people will say, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord to, you know, just tell me if I should serve and what area I should serve. And I'm thinking, wait no longer because we have a list of things that need to happen here. And so, you know what I'm saying? There, the whole passivity thing is an excuse to be in a place of not doing anything, Right. And so, and if you get into that place of not doing anything and you wait till your feelings catch up with what you want to do, you are never going to do anything and you're never going to fulfill the call of God in your life, right? Because we are not passive. We can be a place in a place of waiting and being patient, but it means we're expecting something, right? We have an anticipation. How many remember, well, this is a good example. I was thinking of this. How many remember the old uh, catch-up? Anticipation. It's making me wait. You guys remember that? You remember. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're old enough to remember. What was it? It was a Heinz ketchup. And the whole thing was because it's thick and it's, it's you know, tomato and it's real. So it's worth the wait. Anticipation. It's worth the wait. And I was thinking about that song. I don't know why it came to me. I thought, you know what anticipation is? It's knowing that it's coming. It's an expectation, an anticipation, because you know, I know when I hold a ketchup bottle upside down and I'm squeezing on it, something's about to come out, as long as that little thingy is removed. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have those back then. We didn't have little stoppers. So I'm, what I'm saying is, though, when we're patiently waiting, we're, there's an anticipation on the presence of God, on what he's doing in our life. He's perfecting those things that concern us. That patience is having a work, and I can expect to be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Hallelujah. Y'all should be excited about that. We should be anticipating being more and more like Jesus. Amen? Perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Instead of getting down on ourselves, saying, oh, I'm just an idiot, and I did that wrong again, I did that wrong. No, the ketchup bottle is upside down, and I am in anti full anticipation for what God is doing in my life. And it is coming out. 
because I am patiently waiting. Amen? Amen. So God calls you to something, and if you never act on it, it's passive. But actively expecting and hoping is patient. patience. You can be in a place of patience, actively hoping and waiting on God to move. But if you never act and you never anticipate, you are in a place of passivity. Amen? And I just want to add a little thing on to what Pastor C was talking about on Sunday. He was talking about what's in your hand, how God gives you things to do. Y'all remember? So <laughs> she remembers. So I, this thought came to me when I was preparing this because I thought, you know, a lot of times we get into that place of, well, I, I know what to do and I know the desires of my heart and that must be what God wants me to do. But I'm just going to encourage you in the seasons of your life, there could be more. Don't just think you did this in your 20s, you did this in your 30s, you did this in your 40s. No, there is more. And you may not even have the desire for it yet because you haven't prayed it out in the spirit. But when you pray it out in the spirit, God will put something, he'll plant something on the inside of you and something will start to develop and then you'll start to see yourself with the eyes of your spirit, seeing yourself doing something different that you've never done before and you never even thought you could do it. And in this new season, it's like, hmm, I'm in, in an full anticipation for what God's going to do in and through me next, right? He did this before me. I identify with that. He did this for me. Now I identify with that. But I think there's a new identity for me down the road, and I see myself doing that. And so I'm just going to pray in the spirit over that thing. Amen? Keep it hidden in your heart. Don't be a Joseph and go telling everybody and telling your brothers and, and letting your dreams be blown around, you know? be stomped on, but pray about it in the spirit. Keep it hidden in your heart and start seeing yourself do some things. There's some dreams in this room that have yet to be developed and have yet to come into fruition. And I believe that the more you pray over those things and the more you start seeing, you see it with the eyes of the spirit. Ask the Lord, let me see what you see in me, God. I know there is more and I know you want me to do more. So show it to me. In this new season, God, show me what you want me to do. Amen? And then put full anticipation into that bottle that's squeezing you <laughs> through that time of patience and see that God's going to do some working in you. So three areas of impatient, being impatient. Why doesn't God do the things we want him to do? And that's when we start questioning God and we won't get into all that. But we cannot rush God. We have to wait well. It's a part of life. It's a part of uh, being able to, to uh, rest in him and know that he's in charge and he knows what he's doing. Amen? If you get ahead of God and you push God, you will miss out on the plan. Amen? Praise God. I, this is coming to mind. I'll tell this real quick. We, we know of a, a minister who um, used to fly, and he was a um, kind of a powerful guy, and um, had a pilot, and usually you're supposed to have two flying with you. This guy only wanted one, and then he was insistent that they fly uh, on this particular time, and, and the airways were not, most people were not flying. I don't think anybody was flying because there was, um, the wings were icing over and different things. But the main thing that I wanted to bring out here was there, there's a whole sequence of things that the pilots have to go through to get ready to fly. They go through, you know, checklist, and it takes some time. You know, I know when we flew with Pastor Mark, it took a little time before we took off because they went, and I said, take your time. Do everything you need to do. 
do everything. You need some coffee? Do whatever you need to do. But the, my point is, is this, this guy was in a hurry. He said, don't do the checklist. We need to go. We need to get going. And da 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 And the plane went down. And so my point is, is you can't rush the pilot. If the pilot has a plan for you and he's going to communicate it to you, he's going to get it to you, but he's going to get it to you in his timing. And your job is to just sit in the chair and pray in the spirit and let him bring you the plan. Amen. And then, and then you walk it out as it comes. So don't get ahead of God. So we don't ask God. When we start questioning God, we get ahead of God. And we get into a place of, of not being patient, impatience, and we get into a place of um, not trusting him any longer. Number two, uh, impatient with people. I know we talked about that a little bit. Um, and I just want to say this. I think God puts us with people who irritate us sometimes. So that, um, and, and just to make a note, that means that you are irritating somebody too because you <laughs> Just, just, to, just to push your patience button, just to gr so you have a, an ability to grow in that arena. Right? Right, Daniel? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, impatience with people. And, of course, God, I think that's one of the number one areas where, we're, where we have the ability to grow in patience. Everybody has a story. Everybody has frustrations. Everybody has hurts. Everybody has victories. We need to be patient with one another. And the third one is being impatient with yourself. How many are impatient with yourself? You get down on yourself. You get frustrated with yourself. You don't allow yourself room. You don't give yourself grace. Let me just say this. If you don't give yourself grace, you don't have grace to give to somebody else. If you are not patient with yourself, then you will not be patient with others. You have to be able to receive to be able to give. And so you have to give yourself some grace and be patient with people. Amen? And I'm just touching on that. Okay, so you need to learn how to enjoy yourself. How many just, you know, I can just go do my thing and just be happy. Sometimes it's easier. <laughs> my husband was joking with me when he was gone. He said, are you, are you glad I'm home? I said, yeah, I am glad you're home. I missed you. But sometimes, you know, when the kids are out and you're all, all by yourself and you have a chance to read without any interruptions, it's, it's kind of nice, right? Yeah, yeah, but... God has a plan for us to be together so that we learn to grow and we learn to develop. And <clears throat> that's why we need people. Amen? One of the reasons, not all the reasons. but So we need to enjoy life. I, I like what Joyce Meyer says. She says, enjoy where you're going on the way to where you're getting. No, enjoy where you're at on the way to where you're going. Enjoy where you're at on the way to where you're going. We always want things to be different. We always are vying for the next thing. We want to make everything better. And are we just enjoying where we're at right now? Are we enjoying life? You know, our, our clocks are ticking. And I just keep reminding myself. And when we chat, I just say we just need to enjoy where we're at right now. Because life is passing by very quickly. Amen? So without patience, we get into the works of the flesh. Right? You all know the whole story about Abraham and Sarah. They were promised something, and they were, got impatient, and Sarah thought, I have a bright idea. She got ahead of God, and of course, they, they developed an Ishmael, and, um, and that was not God's plan originally, and so we've got all kinds of issues because of Ishmael now even. And um, so the works of the flesh will equal frustration. We have to remain in a place of operating out of the place of the Spirit where that patience can grow. James 5, 7. So be patient, brethren, as you wait 
till the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits expectantly, expectantly, expectantly for the precious harvest from the land. See how he keeps up his patient vigil over it until it receives the early and late rains. Expectantly, the word expectantly here means feeling that something good is about to happen. Every time we come into this place together, I want you to be anticipation, anticipating and expecting something good to happen. And it doesn't have to come in one form. It doesn't just have to be in laughing. It doesn't have to just be in, in dancing or jumping. It can, it can be in all sorts of ways. I believe tonight we have had an, an anticipation of something good tonight because he's imparted some good things in our hearts. And it'll bring change so that when we're going through something, we can remember, oh, I got to push that patience button because I'm gaining territory in the spirit. So Psalm 25, 5, guide me in your truth and faithfulness and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you, you, you only and altogether do I wait expectantly all the day long, all the day long expecting God. Psalm 42, 5, why are you so downcast, O my inner self, and why would you moan over me and disquieted within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him, for I shall yet praise him, my help and my God. David was just encouraging himself when he was downcast. He said, I'm hope, I'm expecting from God. And he said, I'm going to praise him. In the midst of this, I'm going to praise him. And that's what we need to do. Have a praise break. When things get hard and things are difficult, just have a praise break. Shout, jump, laugh, louder than the voice of your enemy. Amen? Louder than the voice of your enemy. Psalm 135, I wait for the Lord. I expectantly wait, and in his word do I hope. We have so much in his word that gives us light, that shows us what's next, that we can stand on. It's the anchor to our souls. Lamentations 325, the Lord is good to those who wait hopefully and expectantly for him, to those who seek him, inquire of and for him, and require him by right of necessity. How many require of him by necessity? It's a necessity. I like what Pastor Mark says, it's not necessary unless it's necessary, and it's necessary. <laughs> it's necessary, amen? And on the authority of God's word. So if you're not patiently expectant, then your faith has nothing to do. Your faith is stagnant. If you are not patiently expecting, it's, it's that expecting part while you wait. So celebrate what you do have, and don't be focused on what you don't have. Celebrate life. Celebrate life in Jesus Push the patience button and know that you are gaining good ground, good territory in the spirit. And God is working that thing out. That patience is working her full work in you so that you can be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Amen? Amen. Did you get something out of tonight?